0: Everyone, thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Now, if you've been impacted by these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word give to 844 333 7227 Also, if you'd like to sow financial seed into our organization called Flights for Hope, please go to flightsforhope.org. The last time I started out with a quote that I have since heard several different people say, and that is the promises of God are not automatic. Now what I heard would have been several different versions of that, but basically saying that the promises of God don't automatically happen in our lives. So the fact that I've heard them several different places is an indicator that God is wanting us to focus on this and gain some understanding. Now, I also realize that this question uh, or this this statement and then the questions that follow today are not, I'm not gonna be able to unpack all of it in a, a 15 minute you know, broadcast, but I want you to hear the heart behind it. I want you to be able to get God's heart for this. See it from his perspective and you will be able to begin understand this and give yourself grace this is a journey it's not just a destination so let's dig into it i felt last time like the lord wanted me to highlight the fact that opportunities even seemingly good ones can so easily distract us from god's best for us with the lure of open doors now i'm going to continue on this fact that the blessings of God are not automatic so I've titled this message today God's will is not automatic today I want to open up with a question that has been a real discouragement to so many people over the years and I'm not opening uh, to discourage you but I realize that this question has been so discouraging people have asked if God is so good then why do bad things keep happening to good people and maybe you've experienced some of this yourself personally or maybe it has somehow hit close to home for you. Maybe someone you love has asked you this very question and you felt powerless to be able to comfort their heart. I know that this is difficult to deal with but God wants to set you free from the struggle and condemnation that so often accompanies this question. Understand we're going to gain a bit, a bit of an understanding here. So What is God's will? Isn't he in control? Isn't it true that everything happens for a reason? Unfortunately, we've been sold a bill of goods when it comes to understanding the will of God and how that is accomplished in our lives. To answer these questions, we need to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Right there, God established a perfect example of his will for us when he built the garden. I know it might seem obvious at this point but you really need to answer this next question for yourself did god cause anything bad to happen to adam and eve so why did they sin why did they find themselves separated from the spirit of god naked alone and ashamed and cursed to eventually die in their sins is god that heartless and uncaring or even worse did he curse them to sin before he ever made them? Why did he kick them out of the garden? Couldn't he have just allowed them to live there and, re- and repent? The answer to all of these questions is no. God did not choose for any of these things to happen. It was not his will for them. He even warned them not to do it, and he gave them clear understanding of what would happen if they did. Wouldn't, wouldn't that make him an evil tyrant if he actually planned it for them from the beginning? I know there's plenty in Christian circles, where plenty of understanding where people say, yep, God planned it, it's, it's part of what he's doing, and it's a terrible thing that happened. No, he did not. The problem that we find is that people always want to have someone else to blame. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, the serpent knew better than to blame God, but He was the only other one there. So, if God wanted only good things for them, why did they have to leave the garden? He did it to be able to save them. Sin had separated their spirits from God and he knew that their bodies would begin to deteriorate. It's like the worst scene you can imagine from a zombie horror film. Living in a rotting body that could never die. It's actually what will happen in hell for all of eternity. Now I know this is a graphic description, but our lives have been so whitewashed that we've not been able to see it. We have to see the stark reality of it. Jesus died as a perfect human to restore all that was begun in the garden. Listen how he's described as the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 1545. It says the first Adam Became a living being and the last Adam became a life giving spirit. You see, God's will is so strong that we be restored that He went and He paid for it Himself. How is it that we now blame Him when that restoration is not accomplished in our lives or in the lives of those around us, even in the lives of good people? I just heard this in a conversation the other day when a friend of mine said something that we've probably all said at one time or another, but he said, I guess if that's how and when God decides to take me, that's okay. (laughs) And I just looked at him and I said, God doesn't take people. He only gives life. Now, I'm not condemning you if you've said that exact thing or if you still believe that, but you'll never grow if you don't admit where you've been wrong. I'm encouraging you, look at it. From, from God's perspective. John 10.10 10 says that God came to give life, but the thief steals, kills, and destroys. We could sum it up in one verse. Or we could go, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's in 2 Peter three nine. I could go on and on with verse after verse after verse after verse about God's only will and desire to bring life and still people continue to blame God for the deaths of millions of others. So why does so much of God's will, or our understanding of God's will, get determined by what happens to people instead of what he simply said his will is? Actually, I wanna ask that question again so that we don't miss it. Why does so much of our understanding of God's will get determined by what happens to people instead of what he simply said his will is part of it is because we don't read the word and we and look up what his will is or when we read it we don't believe it but I think it comes down to one the answer to one question it's because people believe that God is in control now I know that statement may raise lots of questions for you but stick with me I think it's because we only see things in terms of absolutes If I alluded to the fact that God is not in control, then we automatically assume that I'm saying that he is out of control, and I can't think of anything further from the truth. God, of course, is not out of control, but neither is he in control of all events in people's lives. Think of it, it's on your insurance policy. If you look, it'll say an act of God when some force of nature comes in and destroys something that's not an act of God that's a force of nature (laughs) God is not out of control but his power acts on our behalf when we pray and submit to his lordship in our lives when we align ourselves with his word and his instructions we then reap the benefits of being in his will you can fight this all day long but I promise you you cannot change it everything in the kingdom of God and on earth operates under the basis of authority see God gave dominion and authority to Adam Adam gave that authority to Satan through sin and Jesus bought it back with his blood on the cross and he gave it back to everyone who will believe see this is what the redemption story is all about now, maybe you've heard this before and you've already received the forgiveness of your sins through, through faith in Jesus. And that is a great first step. You can't get anywhere without that. But why would you stop there? See, he died for so much more. How willing are you to believe, if I change the subject just slightly, and I talk about prosperity, how do we know what his will is about that? How offended are you willing to get if I mention this? jesus himself said in luke 6 38 give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over shall men put put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you so if you realize jesus is giving us a kingdom law here he's saying give and it will be given if you want to receive you need to give first now i know we want to look for another answer we want to find another way to do this but It's the truth of it. Now, maybe your theology or your upbringing says that that God wants you poor. But everywhere I look in the Bible, I see the power of God at work for the blessing and prosperity of his people. I do not see him taking away from people, especially in the New Testament. So are we going to let the experiences that we've had in the past or of other people determine our belief of what the, the will of God is in our life? Now, do you realize that this entire time so far has been spent on trying to convince you or making the case that god wants only good things for you we haven't even gotten to the best part yet this is like a foundation this is basic now the problem that i find however is that even the people who agree that god wants only good things still find it difficult to receive from him now i've talked about this before in my hope in the soul series but True faith resides deeper than the decisions that you make in your mind. Faith is found in the heart as Romans ten ten tells us, but I am constantly hearing people say how hard they are trying to believe. And when I hear that, I know right away that they're believing with their brain. They're believing with their, their mind or their, their thoughts only, not their heart. It comes down to how you see yourself. And this is why so much of what I teach is about identity. If you can believe that it's true for Jesus, but not true for you, then you will not be able to receive his perfect will for you. I want to say that again. If you can believe that any of these things I'm saying are true for Jesus, but not true for you, then you will not be able to receive his perfect will for you. You have to believe that whatever is true for Jesus is true for you. So why is God's will for us not automatic? Because he gave us the choice. The pattern that God started in the Garden of Eden will continue for the rest of time. He made everything that they could ever need available to Adam and Eve. He gave them perfect health in the tree of life so that they could live forever. He gave them abundant provision. Trees and plants that would continue to reproduce food forever he gave them perfect relationships. Adam and Eve had each other, and he, and God Himself walked with them every day. He gave them work and responsibility; it was their job to cultivate and to tend the garden. He even gave them a day of rest to keep everything in balance. But all of these things were not quite enough. See, God knew that people would eventually become empty if they had never been given a choice so he gave them instructions and then he turned it over to them now what a risk that is this is why the redemption story of jesus is so beautiful when we make the choice to surrender to to open up ourselves to surrender to his lordship the full plan from the garden becomes possible for each one of us so back to the first question that i ask if god is so good then why do bad things keep happening to good people? Because people continue to allow the circumstances around them to define the belief in their heart about what God's will is for them now. I'm going to say that answer again. It's because the people, we continue to allow the circumstances around us to define the belief that's in our heart about what God's will is for us now. See it's with the heart man believes it's with your heart out of the abundance of the heart is what, where your life flows. So what you currently have in your life today is a result of what you have believed in the past or what you are currently believing. So when we allow our circumstances to define what we believe about God's will is that we will only be able to receive what we believe. If you can believe in your heart, that the perfection of the garden is available to you now, then you can overcome the bad things. You can watch the power of God change them into good. See, bad things do not have to stay bad things. They are to be changed into good things. Jesus came to restore, to undo the works of the devil, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then in Mark 9, 23, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So be honest with yourself and with God. Ask him to show you the condition of your heart and surrender to his power by inviting the Holy Spirit to fill you and to change you. If you've not been born again, become born again and then invite the Holy Spirit to fill you When he wants to manifest his declarations of goodness through speaking in tongues, don't stop him. Trust him and remember the garden. Remember he's speaking out the perfection of the garden and it comes out, he speaks it into your life. Believe him and trust him that he's good and he's trying to bring this to pass in your life. As I said the last time, know only the voice of the good shepherd and do not follow the voice of someone else. Don't allow your circumstances or the experiences of anyone else to define God's will for you. Truly surrender to the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ. Get into the Word of God, the Bible, and believe every promise of God as being true for you. Be willing to make mistakes and allow Him to redirect you. He will get you back on track. He will help you to continue to gain more and more understanding of His will for you love him and receive his love fully and follow his instructions. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you.